0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me as always is...
1: Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: And we are back. We have recovered from a very game-filled Memorial Day weekend. I mean, we'll kind of hit on that, I think, in games played, but we um, went to our, our local church campground and invited a bunch of people, and some came and some didn't. It was cold. Did not anticipate that when you're staying in cabins that do not have heat. Um, but we made it. And a lot. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, at least.
1: Yeah, we were, it was like nonstop gaming for three and a half days. It was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Not a lot of sleeping. What sleeping I did have. Jason snored so loud in my ear in the tiny little bed we were in <laughs> that it didn't go so well. So um, I think now, after a couple nights, I've caught up on some sleep. So I feel pretty good again.
1: You say I never edit anything out, but I'm going to edit out people knowing that I, you know, you tell them everybody that I snore. Right, right. I love how you that change that. I'm going to edit
0: out people knowing that. Oh, I mean, that you say <laughs> I snore. You snore like an absolute freight train.
1: Edit it out. Le- edit.
0: Legitimately. See, leaving where I say dumb stuff, but let's edit out your stuff. It's not like people don't know. They've met you. They know you say dumb stuff and that I don't always say dumb stuff.
1: Not all of them. Not everybody has met me. Some of them might think I'm a delicate little flower who sleeps and is quiet and angelic.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm so sure. You're the one that tries to convince (laughs) our kids that they're snoring. And I'm like, there is no way that your dad heard you snoring because he couldn't hear. There's no way he could hear for himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) I mean, I'm editing it out.
0: I have had dreams where your snores are so loud. They became a part of my dream. And it was like some other noise that was happening in the dream. No that's
1: impressive. That's awesome.
0: It's not awesome to me. Let me tell you.
1: I've infected your dreams with my loud uh, snore.
0: <laughs> it's probably all the dreams where I'm like ticked off at you or something. Or it's the reason why I don't dream about you. And I dream about like my ex-boyfriends.
1: <laughs> I am going to edit that out. <laughs>
0: Go for it. None of my ex-boyfriends listen to this podcast. That's true. That's why they're my ex-boyfriends. They're not supportive.
1: (laughs) In your face, jerks.
0: That's right. Ex-boyfriends. You and I have been together 15 years. They're way in the past.
1: In your face, jerks.
0: (laughs) All right. So that was our weekend, um, which really... I feel like we should have done games played before news now, because... I just segued right into Games Played, but I can't even make up up some news (laughs) to
1: to segue. We'll be fine. We'll do it in the normal order. It's fine. People expect it. It's fine. I
0: mean, we're just pretty okay here. I can't always have a good segue. I did like a good one last week. I did. I set myself up for like high expectations.
1: I told you, you do it once. You're gonna try to do it every week. It and just flows
0: just... naturally. I'm just so amazingly articulate and such a good communicator that it just went And
1: humble, man, very humble too.
0: Exactly. I mean, I'm probably the most <laughs> humble person I know. I never talk about how awesome I am, even though it's obvious that I'm amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Which is why I I can't comprehend that my ex-boyfriends don't listen to my podcast and support my game channel, because I'm awesome.
1: You're right. So, uh, okay, Miss Awesome, how about you give us some uh, pretty okay news?
0: I've got some awesome news, actually. Actually, I was looking at the news, and I'm like, all these are things I would really like to play, and I think Jason would not like to play any of them. So, there's that.
1: I mean that's normal. I feel like that's normal.
0: No, I normally am like trying to hit like the the euros and stuff because I keep hoping that one of these days you'll actually back a Kickstarter that I like. I want.
1: Don't make me go into it again. Genotype, you wanted that one. You didn't even remember that I backed it. So good yes, thing that I did. It. I
0: didn't know you backed the deluxe. I did remember that you backed that one.
1: Rival Networks, you wanted that one.
0: You act like I'm the only one that wanted these games. You, you always back the ones that you want. You wanted those games, so you backed them. They are plenty that I wanted that you did not back.
1: You wanted the expansion for Paris, so I backed that one. You
0: backed that one out of the blue, and I didn't say a <laughs> word. I was like, what are That's you talking true. about?
1: I, I did back that one. You're right.
0: And, and I said, uh, what's in it? And you're like, I don't know. I was like, what? It was cheap, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. It was cheap. It was 20 bucks. yep.
0: I think we'll talk about that next week. There's still time on that Kickstarter. So today I want to talk about... A Kickstarter that is only, at the time of this airing, three days left. So if you're interested, you better move. And this is Paperback Adventures, a novel solo word game. Um, So this is from the same group that did paperback and hardback. And while in some ways it is similar to those games, it is different. This is a solo deck building game. So much like in paperback and hardback, you are building a deck, but you're using it um, to kind of, in some ways, weaponize your character to go on this adventure. And there's a couple different characters. There's the damsel. There's um, this like robot, I think they call it X-Machina. And then um, the third one is a pirate. I don't know if like people chose that or something as the mystery one maybe you get this like kind of cool like insert that shows the enemies and tracks like your um health and the enemy's health and you're um creating these words and you're building words from your cards in order to be able to attack um so like if you're playing the damsel it's an aggressive play style Um, like deal some poison damage. So she's got some cards that are like have hexes on them. Um, if you lose, use all the letters in your hand, you get like a critical hit, um, which is kind of cool. Like the machine has like defensive, it can heal, um, it can like charge a laser to get a big blast. So each of the three different characters has their own kind of, um, style, their own deck, their own, uh, fighting abilities, which is cool. Um, so it's really different. And also I think they mentioned that the Kickstarter has unlocked, uh, the like two player version. So if you're like, Oh, I won't play, I don't know if I'll play it solo, which by if you, I mean me, I don't like to play anything solo. So I would probably definitely play this at the two player version with my husband or somebody else that I like so that I don't have to play by myself. There's also like some difficulty levels, and it looks like there's a lot of cool, neat stuff. It's a really interesting idea. I like paperback and hardback, so it's like they've taken it into this like adventure mode. It almost is like if paperback slash hardback, and um, oh, what's spell smashers right? and spell smashers had a baby, it would be paperback adventures. So if you're interested in that, Paperback Adventures has three days left at the time of the airing of this podcast, and to get just one of the characters, it's 35 bucks.
1: Yeah, when you were describing this, it reminded me a lot of Spell Smashers. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the same, but yeah, it was getting that same kind of vibe where you're making words to go travel down and kill some baddies and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Paperback and Hardback had a baby with Spell Smashers, and that's what this game is. It looks good. And it looks cool, too. Um it's shelf presence looks awesome. It looks like old, like an old k- kind of novel that sits on the shelf, which I love. It's like combining my two favorite things, books and games. And so when games play books, I'm like, woohoo. Or when books are also games, I love that too.
1: Yeah, I guess I thought, I didn't realize this wasn't already at two. I thought this was a solo or two player game from the start, but I guess not.
0: That's, I mean, maybe, but that's not what it said. I think it said the possibility uh. for two, and they said, okay, two-player 2, two uh, mode has been unlocked.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, that, that does sound kind of cool, because there are a lot of solo games that do the two-player anyway. You just do, like, a two-player co-op deal. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that could be kind of neat.
0: Yeah, it looks cool. So check that out. Um, my next one is a game that maybe in practice I would hate, but the idea really intrigues me. And it's called Mosaic, A Story of Civilization. I'm sure you've heard of it because it is like way funded. Um, like of, they wanted $100,000. They now have like $650,000. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. So this is an action selection game where you really are building a civilization, which I totally love. It reminds me of like those old computer games. It was probably called Civilization. I don't know. I played it with, at my friend's house because and have a computer until I was like, way like almost graduating high school. Um, And I didn't have any games for it when I did have one. But you choose like, what kind of style of leader you're going to have? Are they going to be like a farmer leader? Are they going to be, you know, a general military leader? Are they going to be a philosopher? And so that gives you um, certain things that you start with you pick kind of the technologies that you're going to start with. There's like 97 different technology cards. And so are we going to do art? Is that, are we going to domesticate plants? Like you choose where your city goes on the map and then what kind of, um, like nearby resources you are going to be used to set up your trade routes. You can, um, then maybe you want to conquer and get more cities and then you can build wonders. And, uh, you're trying to meet these different like achievements As far as different types of civilization, like control for regions, so you're an imperial civilization, you know, seven unique trade goods, different stuff like that. I really like the idea of this. I think it would be like wicked, wicked fun. Um, David Tertsey also designed a solo mode. So this is for, I think, one to one to four. Good job, Katie. This is only why I'm pretty okay.
1: I would hope it's not more than four because man, a big game like this going more than four. They oof. said
0: it's like two hours. Oh one to six. It's six. Yeah. And Ooh,
1: that's not that's not gonna be two hours, there's no way. It says
0: one to six hundred and twenty minute playing time. It says the complexity is like three out of five. And The strategy is four out of five. Low luck, rewards, good decisions. I like those kind of things. And the mechanics, action selection, engine building, area control, resource management, set collection, everything but area control, I am totally down with.
1: Well, I think you're never going to get a civilization game without some area control. Right, right. I I mean, it's kind of the purpose. (laughs) Although,
0: I mean, I feel like a lot of the Far East did an okay job of just like keeping everybody out. I mean, like, screw you guys. We're just going to work on ourselves here.
1: They did build a really huge wall. So uh, that was effective.
0: Yeah, but like it was more effective, like Japan having a natural kind of insulation well, because true. of being an island and they just yeah. had the cur- like just kept everybody out. I feel like that's a great idea. Of course, I mean, you have to kill off everybody that shows up, but anyway, I've never played like a Civ building game as far as like a board game, um, tapestry i guess so but it's real like really like sometimes you get like the radio before you even discovered fire
1: like (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) i had
0: like 10 cans and then next i was like oh i just finally had animal husbandry like it's not quite the same
1: it's a mixed up civilization
0: yeah. Um so I, I it just looks really intriguing to me. So there's 4 days left on that Kickstarter. Um and the base pledge is $79, which is pretty good for kind of a bigger beefy game. Now if you want all the minis and stuff which look wicked cool, yeah, you're going to be paying more. Um I think it's like 150 maybe if you want all the super cool minis. Yeah, 150. The Colossus edition, which looks cool, but um yeah. Check that out, mosaic.
1: Yeah, I would play this one. I'm not gonna back it, but I would give this <coughs> one a play a play for sure, because I think it sounds kind of interesting. And I like Glenn Drover, he's done some cool stuff.
0: Yeah, like Railwald Tycoon and stuff that's not like all heavy sieves, you know. Yep. I mean I guess I think so. I haven't played any of any of his games. <laughs> but I imagine yeah,
1: they're solidly medium. He mostly makes solidly medium games, so I would assume this would probably be in that same heaviness.
0: Yeah, it looks cool. And also, like, it's called Mosaic, and the artwork on it, like, even on the map, looks like little mosaic tiles put together. It looks awesome. So that's cool, too, because sometimes those Civ games can be a little ugly. Not that we care about ugly games.
1: Nope.
0: So my last Kickstarter is something that, oh, man, I was so excited. And this would be, like, the best early birthday present um, Christmas present ever. Jab, jab, wink, wink. Y'all hear her first. Um, and it's called The Curse Exhibition and Immersive Detective Mystery Packages. I did not realize that there have been these mystery packages before now. There are two others in the series that happened before this one um, by the t- Detective Society. Um, I know there's lots of these out there. Um, I see advertisements for them all the time. but This is the first time I've actually seen one where I could really, I think, dig into what's going on. Look at some reviews. I don't know if they're paid or not, I guess. Um, but just the concept of this game speaks to me. So the you are part of the Detective Society. There is a museum. Someone dies. A member of the staff. Now, is it related to the ancient artifact or, you know, because a God is using it to, you know, smite people or is it something else happening? You know, that, that old chestnut, it's probably like a sarcophagus or, you know, who knows if I've seen it once, I've seen a hundred times. But in this, every month you get a package. I think it's for six months. I think it's six of them. And so you get these physical things in this package to help you figure out the case. Um, they said each package is about 90 to 120 minutes of game worth. And they build on each other. So not only do you get these physical things um, of evidence, but you also they also have created this like digital kind of evidence as far as... Um, Websites, you can go in to try and um, hack into maybe some of the suspects or the victims, like bank accounts. You can send emails out to some of the characters, um, chat with them, send texts to try and solve the case, which I think is so cool. Like, again, you all know my love for Consulting Detective, and this is just like another level up to that. Like I, I think it sounds so cool. Um, there's like maps in the physical thing and like little puzzles to solve and, um, things you can place to try and figure stuff out. You can send these texts, you can talk to people, um, go to these different websites, like really cool stuff. And they even have, um, they've thought through some clues to help, you if you get stuck because they I mean they really make it seem like it is it's kind of difficult and I love that like it sounds so fun I know a lot of people have done some subscription boxes like this um, one of my friends has been talking about how we should do one um, and I've been kind of hesitant but this one looks really good and I love like the theme, the museum, cursed relics, that kind of stuff that really appeals to me too. So if you like those things like I do, you can play this solo or get a group of people together. now that people are getting vaccinated and, you know, the, comp- the country is kind of opening up. Um, Canada, you're still working on it. Other countries, you're still working on it. And that's cool. Um, U.S. is kind of able to get together a little bit more. So you could do this with friends or I think there's something to be said for doing this virtually as well. I played console detective with my friend. I went and dropped off, um, you know, some of the materials, physical materials into her mailbox one day. And then we got on zoom and she read some stuff and I read some stuff and we talked about it. And you could do that here, especially with the digital component, um, looking through websites and stuff. So if you're interested in being a detective like I am, the Curse Exhibition has 5 days left on that Kickstarter um and it's 43 bucks which I feel like is a pretty good deal for 6 packages.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds like something that's up your alley, 100%.
0: It does. Wouldn't
1: Right it? up there right up that alley.
0: Wouldn't it be wonderful if someone Oh no wait, it's not. Oh man, The first package is only $43.
1: Whoa, they're all $43?
0: No, if you want to get them all, all six episodes, it's $238. Never mind.
1: It's definitely not up your alley anymore.
0: (laughs) I know. Oh, man, that sounded so good.
1: I was going to say, man, $43 sounds like a steal.
0: I know. It's like, this sounds awesome. Then I'm like, forget it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> forget good.
0: never mind gosh it'd be so fun hmm buying me the the Sherlock Holmes the Baker Street Irregulars next series of cases doesn't sound so bad now does it
1: it does not I agree you're right
0: but if you're interested in pursuing at least the first one it's 43 bucks to the first one and then decide is this a commitment I want to keep going with um cause I think even still ninety two hundred twenty minutes of solving puzzles that's, that's a pretty good time so yep
1: yeah. Yep. That's
0: all my news, even though I'm ending on a disappointed note. Wa, wah, wah, as Rory would say.
1: <laughs> all right, so Katie teased some of the games up at the top. Um, we played, I think I played 24, 21 different games. Four games I played twice. And Katie played some different games. We never played games together. We played one game together, and we're not going to talk about that one because we talked about it before. But So in this Games Played section, we're each going to talk about three different games that we played. So the Games Played is going to be a little bit longer because we played a lot of games. So we'll go ahead and get started. I'll start first since you just did a lot of talking. Thanks. Um, the first game that I played is one of the ones I actually played twice. And it is from Skybound Entertainment, uh, which used to be... Oh, I can't remember. Um druid city i think or they absorbed or whatever and the game is called title blades so title blades is a worker placement roll to resolve or roll to match symbols on cards type of game you're going to these spots you're trying to get different challenges that you can complete you're also going to these other spots to get dice that will help you complete said challenges there are different kinds of dice there's some blue dice and some red dice that are going to have different die faces you can level up each of the dice as you go to make them more specialized in certain symbols um there's just a lot of different paths you can take when you're getting these dice and you're trying to end the game with the most points but you're also trying to defeat these monsters kind of like uh champions of midgard because if you don't attack the monster and it invades the city you're going to lose some points so it's like when you can't fight the troll you get one of those nasty little tokens it it has really nice artwork. It looks awesome on the table. Takes up a ton of table space. The game looks a lot bigger than what it is. It's really like a mid weight worker placement game, but it's really fun. It was fun enough that I wanted to play it twice. So, one of the games I played over this long gaming weekend, Tidal Blades.
0: Yeah, it looked really cool on the table, but it did take up a lot of room. But it seemed to take a long time too.
1: Yeah, probably it. I I don't think I played it at four players every time. Like I would probably tap this one out at maybe three. Because four just, there's a lot of stuff you do on your turn and it, it can get a little bogged down. It's only four rounds. Oh. So, it, there's just a lot of stuff going on. When you're rolling to try to complete the cards and like upgrading your dice, Just it gets kind of busy. So, I think I would tap it out of three if I played it again.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i not as good at Jason as at tracking my games or remembering even what I played. So, I have no idea how many games I played or really what all I played. But I did play these three. <laughs> um, and then what I want to talk about first is Obsession obsession, I have sure I've mentioned before. It is very much like Down Abbey and Pride and Prejudice the board game. You um, play like a down on your luck family. Um, you're out of money and your reputation is low. But salvation comes in the form of the fair child siblings who are new to the area and you could possibly get yourself married off to one of them to get you some bank and get you some reputation. So you got to attract them. And so you, it looks like a lot, it's a ton of setup, but you're basically just throwing activities at your estate, um, staffing them, inviting guests to give you more prestige, more money, um, help them out if they need servants and basically manage your household in order to attract the attention of the fairchilds and get the most points. Um, I love it. The friends I played with, I played this twice, actually. The people I played with, like, really got into it, you know, talking about the different characters, because there's, like, a lot of flavor text on the, um, guest cards. We, uh, like to play up, you know, the scenarios about the different activities that you throw. Like, one of them was, like, looking at this popinjay jay in, in my bird aviary or something, even though I notably hate birds. Um, it's just, it's one that you could take... It's it's basic, you know, worker placement. I guess. Um, I don't know what. I don't know what else to call it. Like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an action selection worker placement game because you're selecting the action with the tile.
0: Yeah.
1: Kind of. Yeah, it's it's different. It's a different mechanism. for it, sure. it
0: is. It is. But I love kind of being immersed in that Victorian era, in in a, in a very fairly simple way. And though there's lots of opportunity for theme, which I think is followed really closely in this, um, really on your turn, you choose an activity tile, you choose guests to invite it, you staff everybody, you gain the bonus, you move on. Like that's really it every time. Um
1: That's how fast it should go. That is how fast (laughs) it should go. I had
0: some games that did not go that fast. Plus how fast (laughs) it should go. Um but it still was really fun. I liked it. The people I played it with really enjoyed it as well. So I played Obsession, which is also one of my obsessions because I really like that game a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a good game. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about it. It's just a solid game. All right. So the next game I played, only played it once, but I think it's kind of a new hotness game. Again, I don't know. I don't buy games, really. So um, my new hotness buddy had it, so I was making that assumption because he was at the gaming weekend. We got to play four day, or three days of games with with Chris. That's his name, new hotness buddy. <laughs> and he he brought this one. Him and his wife came with their, their little daughter, and we had some games. Um, so it's called Whistle Mountain. This is from Bézier. Um, it's Scott Caputo and, oh, man, Jay Laurie or something like that. Um, he designed Dwellings of Eldervale and Cryo. So there's some good designers on this one. And what you're doing in this is a worker placement game. You have these different flying machines a hot air balloon a zeppelin and i think maybe a smaller zeppelin the three different sizes and what you're trying to do is you're trying to go out onto this mountain next to this um shoot what's that called scaffolding that you're building to try to collect resources from these machines that you're building on the side of this mountain and apparently resources that are just laying on the scaffolding and then you're going to use those resources to buy other machines that you're going to build on the scaffolding. You're trying to rescue your workers who are working on the mountain before too much snow melts and they get sucked away into, uh, effectively like a huge pool of water and drown. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool game as you're playing, the water's going to rise. So any of your guys who you haven't been able to move, the water's going to sweep them into the water. And once the water hits a certain point, the game ends, it's a worker placement game. It's got some polyomino stuff. So if you're into that, and, yeah, it's it's a solid game. We played it at four, I think. Probably this is another one I'd play at three because four was a little long. But it was a good game. So Whistle Mountain.
0: There's water in here? Like, I kept thinking, I don't know what I imagined this game to be like, but it wasn't that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're building on the side of, like, a snowy mountain. So okay. as you're building up, it's causing the, the snow to melt, which is why you're in those, like, air machines because you have to go up the mountain. And the snow's melting, and if your people aren't, like, getting out of the way, <laughs> they could die. Oh,
0: is there, yeah. like, a smaller game called, like, Whistle Stop or something?
1: Yes. It has nothing to do with this one, but uh, this they're trying to start a series, which I think is dumb. But, yeah, they're trying to do a Whistle series.
0: I always get confused. So, Whistle Mountain, like, this had some really cool pieces, like those airships and stuff, all the different types. These oh, yeah. Th- nice, th- chunky, shaped peoples.
1: Yeah, amazing bits, amazing bits.
0: Um... I played an older game, a party game that it's kind of game that I know Jason doesn't always like, but it's kind of game that I do like to get out. And we had a lot of newer gamers, like newer to gaming gamers, um, a lot of different ages. So I played concept Um, every time I try to explain concept to people without showing them concept. It sounds dumb. Like it's like charades, but you use pictures and like these cubes to explain stuff and get people to guess it, like that sounds so dumb. But it's it's a really compelling game because you've got these cards that have um, nine different words and or phrases on them. And they can be anything, they can be phrases, they can be um, characters, they can be objects, all this stuff. And then you have this big board that has all these different pictorial representations of things on it. Um, and then you, you all get this nice little handy guide that tell, gives you some words to, to go around the pictures. So like the, the first picture is a box and that can be object package thing. Um, and then there's one that's like fictional characters. There's one that's like TV or one that's movies, one that's book, um, one that's job. Um, just all these different things. Um, there's stuff about size and there's colors and um, celebrations. And and so you're using these markers to kind of give the other players you and your partner I, I always play in teams just because I think it's fun and it's nice that you can you can get a ton of people in uh, in on this game <clears throat> and usually it ends with everyone standing around the table just yelling like mad people um so the people that are giving the clues start with one thing that's the main concept so oh it's an expression or oh it's a person or a fictional person or oh it's um it's a book or it's, you know, whatever. And then you're using these cubes in different colors and different color markers to kind of explain the different concepts to make up what you're trying to get people to guess. Um, so like, I had Cinderella one time, so I'm like, okay, it's a fictional character, and that was my main concept, and it was a female. So I used the same color to explain that. And then it's also, oh, a movie in a book, okay? And then a different I pulled a completely different color and said, oh, Midnight has to do or something has to do with time and then I pulled a different color or and then at that same color I did celebration so okay there's something about time and celebration to go together um, I did clear to indicate the slipper in a different color i um, just lots of things to try and get people to guess you're moving stuff around the people giving clues can only say the word yes so it's a lot of ignoring people when they say dumb stuff <laughs> that's so wrong um, or when people see them in close, you're like, yes, yes. And like getting them to like, think of different, um, synonyms or to keep going in the right direction. Um, and sometimes you just sweep the board and start all over when people derail, like people are yelling thing. It, it it's madness. I probably played, I think I played this game three different times, um, with kind of, uh, different people rotating in and out, but It's really fun. I love word-based kinds of games like this. And I just really like this game. So that's concept.
1: Yeah, this is one I actually like too. I didn't play it with you, but I do enjoy this one. All right. So the last one I played, probably the best game that I played this weekend. Just kidding. Um, Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it. it. It was fine. Not something that I normally play. It's a flicking game and it's called Pitch Car. So if you don't know what Pitch Car is, you're literally just creating this track uh, and like a wood, I think it's wooden track. You're putting these little, um, uh, rails on this, on certain sides of the track. And then you're flicking your car, which is a little like soft wood, not soft wooden, but like light wooden disc. And you're trying to get it from the start to the finish line faster than everybody else. So a normal race, uh, you can play a mode where you're trying to flick other people's cars off the track. And if you do that, they start where you started your flick from. Um, if you flip upside down, you lose a, you lose a turn. You can play three laps, and there's some kind of points. I still don't know what the points are, but I know there were some points based (laughs) on how you finished. Um, But, yeah, it's just having some fun flicking around a track. It can play, like, eight people. There's not, you know, you don't have to think about it a ton. You just flip and have some fun. So one of the games we played, Pitch Car.
0: So you said that you don't know how the scoring works. I'm taking it you didn't win.
1: I did win one. I know first place, I think first, if you're in first place over a lap, you get 10 points. Second place, you get eight. Third place, you get six. And then I think it goes five, four, three, two, one after that. I'm not sure, but that's I think that's how it went. I wasn't really keeping score.
0: Right. Um. This looks like a particular kind of torture to me, and I will never play it.
1: I'm sure you wouldn't like it. Yeah, it, it was fine. I mean, I, I like flicking more than you. It's still not really my jam, but I'm more tolerant of it than you are. <laughs> so I had a good time. And... Other people there like flicking games, and I wanted to kind of, you know, play something that other people enjoyed as well. So we pulled it out.
0: Speaking of taking one for the team, the last game that I'm going to talk about that I played is Sagrada. Do I like Sagrada? No. Have I played Sagrada? Sure. And I did it again. Um, One of our friends that came, she had gotten a bunch of games a couple years ago for Christmas and didn't know how to play all of them. And she wanted to play Sagrada and so i said well i've played it before i'm sure i can teach you (laughs) i had to read the rules again because i don't really know the game very well but and we taught it and we played with i mean we had the hype because she had the expansion so i think we played with six maybe five of us at least five um which i don't think i've ever played sagrada with that many before i think i played with three Um, but it was kind of a learning teaching, Uh, a lot of newer gamers, but they still liked it. Of course, those pretty dice are really intriguing. Um, we played a really simple stripped down version, uh, but everybody really had a good time. And for me, it's a game where you can chat and still play where you're passing around the dice. So, um... I don't, I I didn't mind it. It's just not something I would choose to play. But in Sagrada, you're making the stained glass windows if you don't know what it is. You've got your own little window card um, and you slip in this insert that kind of gives you restrictions on what numbers need to go where, what colors should go where. Um, And then a group of dice is pulled out of a bag of different colors and they're rolled. And then you take turns drafting the dice and putting them into your windows. And that's really it. (laughs) <laughs> but it was nice, relaxed, and I think everybody enjoyed it. So I also played a game that I would not normally play.
1: Yeah, I like Sagrada a little bit. Like, I don't mind it. It's just like a puzzle. I don't mind a, playing a puzzle game every now and then. And it looks nice when you get all the dice on the board with all the different colors and stuff. It looks pretty cool. So, yeah, it's a good game.
0: That is true. I just um so prefer role player that Sagrada is not my first choice.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So those are the games we played. <laughs> And so since I played Sagrada at five players, which I've never played at five before, I started thinking about what games do we like at higher player counts, particularly at five players, because that's almost kind of the cutoff for us. Uh, Jason's cutoff is three players. (laughs) I think a lot of times we...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just for time. I don't mind playing more. I just like the games would be over faster.
0: Well, and we generally like to play, you know, heavier, thinkier Euro games that... You know, you got a lot maybe happening on your turn. So when you have more players, the downtime can get out of control. Waiting between turns, the chance for AP is higher. So less players counts makes sense. But there are some games that we really do like at that five player mark. So, babe, why don't you get started? This is a game you actually played this weekend.
1: Yeah, so this would can tie into my games played. And the reason kind of like we picked this topic is we played a lot of four. I almost every game I played was four players or more. There were a couple that I played three. And then you said you played a lot of five. So we're like, well, let's just talk about our games. We don't mind playing at five players. So that's kind of how this came about. And one that I played, which was five players, which is the max player count is broom service. So broom service is a game from Alexander Fister. Um, it's What you're trying to do in this, it's a pick-up-and-deliver game at its heart. You're trying to deliver these potions to these different towers. But the way you're doing it is you're, everyone has these same cards in their hand. There's nine different cards. On your At the beginning of the round, you're going to pick four that you want to play to help you move your witches and have your druids deliver the potions so you can score points. When it's your turn to play a card, you're, and if you're first, you're going to say, I am either a cowardly version of this card or I'm the brave version. If you're cowardly, you get to do the action. It's a weaker action, but you're guaranteed you can do it. If you're brave, you have to be the only, the last person to be brave or you don't get to take that action. So in a five-player game, being brave becomes really tricky because you have five other people that could have that same card. And if you play a card, if someone else has it in their hand, they also have to play that card. So you may have this this order that you want the cards to come out in, but you're going to get screwed up because it's not going to work that way because other people want it, the cards to go in their order, and if you pick the card, you've got to follow It's really good. And at five players, it's just so much fun because there's so much screwing over on accident. But that's just what happens. And it's really fun. So Broom Service, I'm only going to play this at five players from now on. To every other player count, you need like these like cards that if you use them, you lose points. I'm not going to do that. Five players. That's the way to go. Broom Service.
0: Yeah, I was really jealous that I didn't get to play this because after I gave it a second try and really liked it, I really like this. And it is fun with all the people. That's what makes it really great. Um, so since we're talking about games that we played this weekend, I played a game this weekend that is the best of five. And that game is Campy Creatures. Um, this is a key master game, has really great artwork, and it is a simultaneous action selection game where everyone has the same cards of these kind of old school monsters. You've got werewolf and a vampire and kaiju and, um, alien invaders, you know, the huge, um, and each of those characters has a number and they each have a power. So you all, everyone, everyone chooses, um, which card they want to play, lay it face down. The idea is you want to snag up some mortals. There's some that are worth points. There's some that are worth negative points. Um, you are trying to Capture them to give yourself points and be like the best monster ever. So you're going to do that. Some of your powers actually like negate other people's powers. You want some, you know, help you leap over the turn order. There's lots of really like fun um, player interaction stuff that happens after you've already um, made your choice of card. And that's what's really great is when you have five players... Again, there's not extra downtime because everyone's choosing at once. And um, then there's more cards to like try and guess like, ooh, what are they going to play? Ooh, have they played that card already that's going to take out my card? Um, What do they want? What are they collecting? Um, Who is going to like make, who might negate my action next to me? And that's the really cool part is when you have all those people together, it like ups that element and i mean the game is really good by itself the artwork is phenomenal it's just fun in general Um, but that five player count um, makes it really great so can be creatures
1: yeah this game's good every single time i like it it's simple to play but really fun all right so the last one i'm going to talk about we're only picking two here because we didn't want to go on for a couple days so the second one i'm talking about is a game that i will play at less players but when it's maxed out there's just more chaos and more fun fighting for the different areas on the board. And that game is Dice Town. So this is a, a dice rolling like poker Yahtzee game where you're trying to get the best poker hands to come up with certain areas of the board. So certain areas of the board, you're going to ha- want to have the most nines to get gold. You want to have the most tens to get some cards. You want to have the most queens to steal a card. I can't remember what the jacks do. The king lets you be the new sheriff. And if you have an ace, the most the best poker hand you get to steal some land to score some points. If you don't have anything, you get this thing called Doc Bad Luck, which is basically like a consolation prize. It's really easy to play. Everyone's played Yahtzee. Everyone knows, for the most part, the rules of poker. So once you can learn that, or once you know that, the game is really easy to teach, really fun to play. Everybody rolls their dice at the same time. You're slamming that cup down on the table. It's just chaos, but it's really fun. So Dice Town, I'll play it anything, but I do really like this one at full player count.
0: Um, yeah, there's also something really great to be said about when five people are all clanking around dice in those little plastic cups and slamming down on the table. Like
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of obnoxious if you're not playing the game.
0: <laughs> it is, but if you're playing the game, you're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like noise builds the excitement.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: Um, and my second game that I want to talk about is a game that is odd. It's by Upper Deck, which is weird in and of itself. Did you like how I knew that, right? Yeah, good job. Um, I don't know who the like designer is, but I you can't expect me to know both. I knew, I, but both of the two I talked about, I know the company that made them. Hey, I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> only only a year in, you're doing pretty good,
0: right? The game that I like at five is Bring Out Your Dead. We've talked about this game before. It's where you are trying to get all of your family's coffins onto carts and into graves so they don't have to float down the river. You want to bury them. Um, there's an area control mechanism. And to do that, everyone's got, again, the same cards. So again, this is simultaneous action selection. I like those for five because you're not really slowing down the movement of the game the more players you have. But because of that, at five... You're like, ooh, where am I in turn order? Am I going to be able to get one coffin in the cart? Are they going to put one coffin? Or are they going to put two coffins? Well, if they put two fo- coffins, can I get two coffins? And you're like trying to gauge how it's going to go with all those people who's in front of you. What carts have you seen them picked up? Do they have higher numbers than you to jump ahead of you in the line to get their coffins on the cart? Um, then once the cart's full, where are people placing what areas are they controlling? Are they going to use their special power cards to move your coffins to other places? Um, who's collecting what kind of in the set collection piece that there is um, kind of a minor part in um, the car play? It's a good game. It is a good game. It also comes with these adorable little coffins. They make it even better. <laughs> these little wooden coffins that you have. Um, but at five that's just really tight. It's like, Ooh, nail biter. I'm going to get my coffins on they like, going down the river. Can I get that spot before the other person does? Yeah, it's fun. That's bring out your dead.
1: Yeah. I think this one's better at the higher player count too. I would probably play it at four as well, but yeah, five just brings a little bit more of that chaos, which I kind of like in an area control game.
0: Yeah. So, um, for the sake of time, we try to keep it a little bit short to a piece, but there are some honorable mentions, um, revolution by our pal PDB. um, it's a great it's an air control game, which I don't love. But you also, again, are selecting um, your it's like a programming. You do that behind a board and you're kind of trying to outthink everybody else. Where are they going to go? Can I outbid them? Can I overbid them? Can I kind of stymie them? Um, and at the five player account, there's lots of stuff going on. So like some people, can, sometimes your your movements can slip through the cracks. You get to a place where somebody else isn't. Sometimes you're just all out duking it out for one spot where you're playing spoiler. Um, it's a fun game. And that five player account, which is with the expansion, um, the base game only plays at four. With the five player expansion, that game is so fun.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, everybody's playing at the same time. So it doesn't take you know forever, no matter what the player count is. You're always revealing and then just putting your cubes down. One of my favorite honorable mentions that's on our list probably could have been on the actual list. Godfather. Godfather's a solid game. Um, I don't know if I want to play five players a lot because it will go on for a little bit, but it's definitely good with the more players cause you're duking it out. It's a really good game. Super fun. It's mean, but it resets every round. So the meanness goes away. It's not as big a deal, but yeah, I like it quite a bit. So Godfather.
0: Yeah. I I just like Godfather at five because then you've got all the families out there, and you I feel like you can spread around, like, the attacks and the, um, you know, so it's not like you're ganging up on people. And then I think it makes it, like, a fun, like, all-out turf war. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I also like at five, Sushi Roll. I think Sushi Go is fine at five as well, but I just... Um, like sushi roll because then you can see the dice out there in those little conveyor belts as you're passing them. Um, there's something about watching other people roll dice and like seeing what's going to come to you and like looking over five players. I think at the high player counts, again, things are moving, going and at five, you're trying to keep track of okay, who's taking what? Are the dumplings out? Wait, is there pudding? Who's got the pudding? Am I gonna get some pudding? Like, um, should I use my chopsticks and snatch something from somebody else? Like, it's nice at five. Like, I think it, it really ups that that um, difficulty level because it's so, it is a really easy game. So when you've got five and more people to worry about, I think that like makes it even more kind of gamerly, gamerish. I don't know, game gamer friendly. Uh, whatever, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. No, I like Sushi Roll a lot better than Sushi Go because of, you can see all the dice. I like that. So the last game on our honorable mentions, another game from PDB, and it's called Black Orchestra. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'd want to play this with five players all the time, but if you have five players and you want to play an awesome co-op game, this is definitely one you should bust out. It's it's hard. It's It's brutal. It has an awesome theme about trying to kill Hitler during World War Two, And at five players, you're probably going to be more inclined if you get sent to jail by the Gestapo, someone can come rescue you. At lower player counts, it gets a little crazy if people get in jail. So, um, yeah, Black Warrior is a solid game. And if you like co-ops and you got five players, check it out.
0: Yeah, like I like this game. I, I like it at five player counts, too, because you get... Um... More, You get more of those um, specific player powers in action. So when you're working together, it's nice to have that variety of different types of people in, involved in different organizations. Plus, um, if you get thrown frequently into jail by the Scapo, you need more people out there to try and bail you out and get you out of there. Um, because once you're all in jail, it's over.
1: Yep, you lose. Can't kill Hitler if you're in jail.
0: <laughs> nope, not at all. So what games do you like to play at five players? Some of you are solo gamers and some of you are big party gamers. So let us know. Five players? Wait, I even left off some games that were six players. Games that I like at higher player counts like Mystery the Abbey. I think I like that at the max player count because lots more people to talk to, um, questions to get answered, information to move around. But I left out the six player games. So five player games. What do you like at five? Tell us and our Facebook page, and our Facebook group, Hashtag The Riveted. We love to hear from you. There are a lot of people out there that listen to us. I don't know anything about you. I'd love to meet you and talk to you and hear about your gaming habits, your game selection, um, how awesome you think I am. Please, join The Riveted and tell me all those things. That's a throwback (laughs) to the beginning of this episode. I'm really not narcissistic. Um, Nice (laughs) tie-in.
1: That was a good job. Thanks.
0: Also, Instagram... um, the Twitters, and of course, YouTube. We've got some more unboxings coming um, videos. I'm determined to get a video series. I've been thinking about going through our board game shelves, like the awesome Melanie um, of the Great White North has done um, on some of hers. And I think that's a really great idea. And she said I could steal it. Um, So I've been pondering that, but I really need a selfie stick. So I'm going to work on that. Um, But definitely, Jason's got tons of stuff out there on YouTube. Um, So like, subscribe, comment there as well. We really love to hear from you guys.
1: Yep. And as always, check out our friends at the Board Game Rundown. They have a pretty cool weekly like video podcast that they do where they talk about a topic, games that they play, just board game, all board game related stuff. Pretty cool guys and a good show. So if you want more content and we're not doing it for you, if you want a little bit less than pretty okay, go check out the board game rundown.
0: I mean, Dan's the only one that really sucks, but the rest of the guys are pretty good.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that is that me like throwing you down, stomping on your your hopes and dreams, Dan? I'm just checking. <laughs> just checking.
1: I think he'll be fine. He might mention it in a, a, like he'll probably mention it in an episode like in four or five weeks when he finally gets around to listen to this one. If but it's fine. if
0: he ever does, he probably cries at night about it, but. I don't feel that bad. As you shouldn't. (laughs) All right. I think that's all for us in this episode. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: And certainly, wouldn't be the first boy I made cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, so mean.